Psalm 15, verses 1 and 2 says, O Lord, who may abide in your tent, who may dwell on your holy hill, he who walks with integrity and works righteousness and speaks truth in his heart. It goes on to say, he who does these things will never be shaken. If you could give God a hand today that he is a God, we will not be shaken and we can have joy in finding our obedience to him. Good song, good worship, loving it today. Thank you guys so much. You can take a seat. If you are online today, you can take a seat as well. Thank you for being here with us. We consider you a part of our family if you're joining us online or if you're here in person. We just love that you're all with us at New Story Church today. If you are online, click the share button on our YouTube channel. Share this with someone. Let them know what we're doing here at New Story. And my name is Scott Lackey. I'm the lead pastor here at New Story Church. And we are just beyond grateful that you would choose to spend an hour here with us on a Sunday morning. Once again, whether that's here in person or with uh, everybody online today, man, what a great day it's going to be. Last week, we just finished a series called Human. And in that series, we took four weeks looking at God's design and intention for humanity. Uh, uh, If you're ever looking for or asking some questions about your purpose or how God created you, I'd highly recommend that series. Next week, we're starting a series called Breathe. I cannot wait for this series. It's a series on trials and difficulties and worry and anxiety. But today, we're a standalone message, and the title of today's message is Grow. The title of today's message is Grow. And some of you might even be saying right now, why are you wearing a hoodie that's associated with the Buffalo Bills, being that they lost last week? That's because the Buffalo Bills in this offseason are going to grow. They are going to grow into the team that wins the Super Bowl next year. And I got to support, you know, my fun, my barstool fun, you know, to support small businesses. But anyways, anyways, I'm not here to promote that. But, but hey, we are built different. I want The Bills are going to grow. And my challenge is that all of us today, that we would become people who look to grow, that we desire to grow this year in 2021. Just a couple of weeks ago, I received a phone call from my pastor, Sean Obergfell, who you guys have heard me mention multiple times, and he calls me every once in a while, and he called me, and he said, Scott, have you read Psalm 15? And every time he's talking to me, he's yelling because he's always super excited. He said, have you read Psalm 15? And I said, it's been a while since I've read Psalm 15. And he's like, you got to read Psalm 15, which is what I started out reading here today. And I go to read Psalm 15, He's like, here's why you should read it. You got to look at this. And he's giving me all these reasons to look at Psalm 15. So I went and I read Psalm 15. And then he said, Scott, do you have a word for the year? And I thought, no, I don't have a word for the year. I typically don't do that. He explained to me how his word for the year was vertical, how he wanted to be focused vertical on God this year above all else. And it was really inspirational. But I thought, I don't typically do a word for the year. Um, But then I was like, I really should. Because at the beginning of quarantine last year, I I focused on the verse that David strengthened himself in the Lord, and I thought, I'm going to use this season, I'm going to use this time as a time to strengthen myself in the Lord. So my word in quarantine last year was strength. I thought, I should have a word for the year for 2021. Last year, my friend John Davidson, who some of you here know, his word for the year in 2020 was available. And because he responded with obedience to that word available, he said yes to being a part of New Story Church and brought along his wife, Charlotte, and their wonderful family, Serenity and Harmony and Trinity. And because he had a word, he, he was able to say yes to God. And I thought, okay, I guess I should get a word for the year as well. So I go and I read Psalm 15. And then in reading Psalm 15, I was really inspired by these verses here that uh, be, become a person who walks with integrity and righteousness And speaks truth in his heart. And if you do these things, you will not be shaken. And I thought to myself, this is what I want to do this year. 
I want to grow as a man in integrity and in righteousness and truth in my heart so that I can, I can live a life that is not shaken, that is in the hands of God. And so I said, this is, this is, I'm going to look to grow in this way this year. That's my word for the year is to grow. Grow, grow, grow. Grow in righteousness, grow in integrity, and grow in truth of heart. And some of you are saying, well, that sounds great, Scott. Good for you. What does this have to do with me? Well, I want grow, this idea of growth and growing, to be a word for New Story Church this year as well. I want this to be a year where all of us focus on what it means to grow. Because when I look in Acts chapter 2 of when the church first got started, there was a lot of growing going on. A lot of growing. And I want this to be a word for our church this year. Yeah, we just got started last year, but we're not stopping anytime soon. And our mission is that people would discover their new story. We want you to discover your new story. Everybody in Christ Jesus can have a new story. Because every single one of us, our life is telling a story. And for many of us, there's a disconnect between the story that our life is telling and the story that we want our life to tell. But when we surrender to Christ, he begins to write the story of our life that our life was intended to tell. He has a new story for each and every one of us to be a new creation in him. And then when we come together as the church, he empowers us to write a new story in our community, in our city, and, 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 and beyond. This is why we exist, and we are not stopping any time soon. So I want us all to grow. Yeah, that's good. Amen. Yeah, love that. You're pumped for it. I'm pumped for it too. We're going to grow. We're going to grow in the new story that Christ has for us. We are going to grow in writing a new story, and we're not going to stop. And when I looked at Acts chapter 2, when the church first got started, I saw three very intentional ways of growth that I think can speak to each and every one of us. No matter where you're from, no matter what you're going through in life, I believe that these three ways of growth, to grow personally, to grow with the church, and to grow the church, these three things can speak to each and every one of us. So let's first talk about grow personally. I think that we all can focus on our personal growth this year. When we go to the early church in Acts chapter 2, some crazy things have just went down. Jesus, Jesus died, he came back from the grave, and then he hung out for a little while, and then he ascended into heaven. Then the Holy Spirit of God comes, and people are like, what's going on here right now? People, are these people drunk because they're speaking in tongues in these different languages? What's happening? And then out of all people... Out of all people, a disciple of Christ by the name of Peter stands up and he begins to declare the good news and the gospel of who Jesus is. Now here's why this is compelling to me. For Peter to become this type of person required some great personal growth. Because not long before this, Peter had just denied three times that he even knew who Jesus was. I don't know that guy. I don't know him. Peter denied that he even knew Christ. But then all of a sudden, God is taking these people who had disappeared, and now he's using them to build his church. And I think it's just a great reminder for us that you might feel like you're in a season where you were done with God, but God is never done with you. Amen. Like, you might feel like you're in a place I don't care where you're at right now or what you went through. You might think that you're done with God, but God is never done with you. God always has more for you. God has a new life in store for you. He makes old things new. He's the God of second chances. And he didn't look at Peter and said, oh, you denied me three times. You, you can't be used anymore. Peter embraced the moment to grow personally. 
He embraced the moment to stand up and to say something against all odds. He embraced the moment to say, hey, you know what? I I messed up before, but my God, he is the one who gives second chances. He is the one who gives new life. And sometimes you just have to go through a little bit of confusion to find your calling. Sometimes you have to just go through a little bit, I don't know what's going on right now. Sometimes you have to go through a little bit of, this is uncomfortable for me right now. Sometimes you have to go through a little bit, I just don't know. Sometimes you have to go through a spot where you feel like you're hiding out so that God can bring you into the new future that he has for you. And this is where we find Peter in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, verse 14 says, But Peter, taking his stand with the eleven, raised his voice. The guy who had no voice, the guy who, I don't know Jesus, I don't know. He then raised his voice and he declared to them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give heed to my words. The one who had just denied Jesus is now the mouthpiece for the movement of Jesus. The one who not too long before was like, I don't know who this guy is, is now the mouthpiece for the movement of Jesus. Whatever is confusing, wherever you feel like you're at right now, there's a calling that God has for your life. And I don't want this to be the year where we just stay stuck. I don't want this to be a time where you just stay stuck. This is also why I don't, I just don't go for this version of Christianity where it's always head down and, oh, I'm just so depraved. Oh, I'm just, I'm just so full of sin and I'm just, oh, you know, it's like this, it's like this, it's almost depressing. Like, what are you, it's just depressing to me. I don't, I, I don't understand it because God has new life and new opportunities available for us. And John 3, 16, most popular verse in all of scripture, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have eternal life. John 3, 17, John 3, 17 is almost just as powerful when Jesus said, for the son of man did not come into the world to condemn the world, but so that the world might be saved through him. This is a message of second chances. This is a message of restoration. This is a message of renewal. This is a message of optimism and new life and new hope. We don't have to, oh, I'm just such a sinner. No, you have been redeemed in Christ Jesus when you give your life to him, and anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. Amen. Come on, and Peter understood this, and he embraced this opportunity to grow personally. He didn't live in his past. Instead, he embraced the future that God had for him, and God has a future for you as well. He has a future for wherever you're at right now as well. And Peter gets up and he preaches this amazing message, and you should read it sometime this week, Acts chapter 2. And then when he's done preaching, when he's done declaring the gospel, he said, look at what happens in Acts 2.41. So then those who had received his word and were baptized that day, the, the, so then those who had received his word and were baptized, and that day there were added about 3,000 souls. The one who had just denied Christ three times was now the mouthpiece for a movement where 3,000 souls had now given their lives to Christ. You never know what God may want to do in and through your life. I want this to be a year, I want this to be a season where you choose to grow personally, where you say, God, I'm open to whatever you have for me. God, speak into my life by the power of your Holy Spirit. 
God, speak into my life by other believers that you've placed into my life. I want this to be the, be the time where you choose to grow personally, that we don't stay stuck in the past, and we also don't stay stale with our faith, but we have a faith that is alive because he is alive, and that we would embrace what it means to grow personally. So for each of these points, I have a question, and this question is actually a prayer that I would ask that you choose to pray over the coming weeks and months and maybe even years. And the prayer, you can just write it down, is this. God, what next steps do you want me to take in my personal growth? You can write that down. God, what next steps do you want me to take in my personal growth? He is never done with you. He always has more for you. He's constantly speaking. God, what next steps do you want me to take in my personal growth? I guarantee you it was intimidating for Peter to stand up with a loud voice and say something. He had never done that before in front of that many people. He had spoken up before when he shouldn't speak up, but he had never spoken up before in front of that many people. What next steps do you want me to take in my personal growth? Which leads to our second point. So we want to grow personally, but we also want to grow with the church. We want to grow with the church. It, I've used this analogy before, but it's, it's very similar to the end of Thor Ragnarok when Heimdall says, Rag, uh, Asgard is not a place, it's a people. The church is not a place, the church is a people. The church is not the four walls, the church is the people. Those who place their faith in Jesus Christ, you're part of the church. Whenever you gather with somebody who's believing in Christ Jesus, you're, you're with the church. You're a part of the church. The church is on the move. Wherever God goes, you go. The power of his spirit is within you as a temple of the Holy Spirit. So the church is a people. The church is a people. And I want us to grow as the people of the church this year. My challenge is that you would grow with the church this year. That we would not be consumers, but we would learn what it means to be contributors. And we would grow with the church because we see in Acts chapter 2, the church is growing with one another. They're growing together. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 46 says this. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread into prayer. They're growing together in fellowship. They're breaking bread. They're praying together. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. Signs, wonders, healing, new life was happening. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. They had a unity of mind. They were on mission together. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. I would love if we as the church could get back to doing this the right way, that we could become focused on sharing with others in need so that people in our society and in the world around us wouldn't have to say, oh, I got to go find this institution. I got to go find this place. They know that the church is going to show up to meet needs, that we would get back to our original intention to be the people who meet the needs of the culture around us. Verse 46, day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. Man, they were doing everything together. They were living life together. Even when people were difficult, they were still living life together. They were coming together in common, in unity, in one mind. And we, we get to do this as well. It reminds me of last year. And I've shared this story before, but it was just so powerful. A couple in our church, Ed and Lisa Carrero. Ed is a mechanic. He owns Carrero's. Uh, it's a, a shop where they work on cars, so he, that's what he does, and uh, his shop just, they had a tragic accident where it blew up one day, whole place was on fire, really, really sad, and in that time, 
our church, the people in our church, I was, I'm just so honored to be a part of New Story Church, to be a part of this group of people, because over a 21-day period, for almost every single day for 21 days, a different couple or person or family in our church brought Ed and Lisa a meal. For 21 days following that incident, almost every single day, a meal was brought to them by somebody in this church, because that's who we are as the church. We are here to grow together. We're here to meet needs. We are here to take care of one another and carry each other's burdens, and that's what we saw happen in Acts chapter 2. So there are, very, there are three very specific ways that you can grow within the church this year. Serving, giving, and community. Those are three things that I really see in this passage. Serving, giving, and community. I see them coming under, together under the apostles' teaching, but for many of us, it's easy for us to come on a Sunday morning, but to then take the next level to one of those three things, that's where we start to get a little hesitant. But serving, let's talk about that for just a minute. To be honest, I believe that as, as Christ followers, we are called to serve in every aspect of our lives. In the workplace, in our families, we are to have a heart of service. We should never step into a room saying, hey, who can I get to do my bidding? But we should step into a room, we should step into a place saying, how can I best serve here? Because that's what Christ came to do. And so therefore, we should always have a heart of service. But within that, I also believe that we should all participate in serving within the group of believers, within the body of Christ. And so I don't know what that looks like for you. Maybe you haven't started serving yet. But where can you start serving? Maybe you can start serving on our greeter team and be a part of the group of people who create a great experience for people who walk through our doors on a Sunday morning. Maybe you could serve at the black tables where you connect with first-time guests and people who've made decisions to start following Jesus or people who want to get plugged in with what we're doing here. Maybe you could start serving in Story Kids and you could, you could uh, work with the next generation and leading them into what it means to know Jesus. Maybe you could start serving. We have a service project team that Neil's building up that we're going to be able to serve different places in our community throughout the spring and summertime and maybe you could become a part of that team as well. Or once a month, we serve at the Goodness Project in the city of Buffalo. Maybe you can become a part of that team. Or maybe God is telling you you need to start a story group. And you've just been a little bit intimidated to lead something like that. But maybe it's time for you to take a step of faith and start serving in that way. Maybe if you can play an instrument or you can sing. If you can't play an instrument or you can't sing, you can't be on the worship team. But <laughs> if, you can, if you can do, and if you think you can sing, you can't be on the worship team. You have to actually be able to sing. This isn't, you know, two, circa 2002 American Idol. You know what I mean? This is, this is not that. If you know how to sing, you can be, be on the worship team. But whatever it is, God may be calling you to serve, and you've just been holding back. Oh, I don't know, I have enough time. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know do that. But, but God wants you to be a part of building his church. We have other places. I didn't name everything. But there are many places where you can get plugged in to start serving. The production team. God is moving in and through this, and he wants you to be a part of serving his church, of moving his mission forward. Second one is giving. That's one we all love to talk about, right? <laughs> it's just always so comfortable to talk about giving, but don't worry. I'm not buying private jets with what, we, what you give at New Story Church, and I'm not going to tell you that you can get a private jet if you give to New Story Church. That's not, that's not how that works here. But we do recognize that it is more blessed to give than to receive. And in the first message that I even ever gave here on a Sunday morning, I talked about how we are created to contribute, not to consume. And sometimes it's a little bit intimidating to give and to think about that. But for, for myself and, and my wife, Kim, we just sign up for recurring giving online. And, it, you know, we, we don't even think about it then, really. It just comes out. It's a part of what we do. It's a part of who we are. Maybe you've never given before. or Maybe God is calling you to give more. 
Or maybe he's calling you to, to, to sign up for recurring giving. I'm not going to tell you what he's telling you to do. You can talk to him about that. But maybe it's giving in person or maybe it's giving online at newstorybuffalo.com. Whatever that looks like for you, maybe that's an area where God is calling you to give so that we can continue to meet needs and be the church that he's called us to be. And for those of you who have been giving, something really exciting to celebrate because of your giving, because of your generosity. Just this past week, we officially brought Joy Collada onto our staff here at New Story Church. She is our worship pastor here. She's been functioning in that role for a long time, working really, really hard, and I was just so grateful that we're finally in a position where we can at least bring her on part-time, because God is good, and that's what he does. And uh, I don't know what it is, but ask God about that area, about serving, about giving, and then community. Community, community, community. I can't talk about this enough. Jesus walked around with 12 guys all the time. He was always in community. The early, the early church was living life together in community. We are not meant to do life alone. We are not meant to do faith alone. We are meant to grow together. We are also not meant to just put ourselves in a vacuum where the only people we surround ourselves with are people who just agree with everything we say. Because that will not force you to grow. You have to be able and willing to rub shoulders with people who see the world completely differently than you, who, see, who, who have different views and aspects and ideas so that you can truly iron, sharpen iron. You're not sharpening anything if the two things hitting one another are exactly the same. Iron, sharpen iron. We've got to grow together. Grow together. Challenge. Community is so important. Community is not only something that's encouraged spiritually, it's not only something that's encouraged mentally, but it's also good for your physical health as well. Last year, I was reading a really compelling book by Malcolm Gladwell. Some of you have maybe read this book. It's really popular called Outliers. And in the beginning of the book, in the introduction, he begins to talk about and write about this outlier group of people in Rosetto, Pennsylvania in the 1950s. And this group of people, they were from Italy. And they were from Rosetto, Italy, and they settled and made a small little town of 2,000 people, Rosetto, Pennsylvania. And there was an anomaly that was occurring in Rosetto, Pennsylvania. You see, in the rest of the United States, men specifically were struggling from heart disease and heart failure. But this was not happening in Rosetto, Pennsylvania. And so this doctor, Dr. Stuart Wolf, begins to look at Rosetto, Pennsylvania and say, what is it that's going on in this town where these people are not struggling with the same things, that, the same health issues, heart failure? There were other health issues they weren't struggling with either that the rest of the country was struggling with, things like ulcers and then even, even stuff like alcoholism. They weren't dealing with that either. Rosetto, Pennsylvania was this outlier group of people. And, and this doctor, Dr. Stuart Wolf, begins to look at this group and say, what is it about these people? And he thought, well, maybe there's something about people who come from Rosetto, Italy. So he begins to look into that. Well, he found people from Rosetto, Italy, who had settled in other parts of the United States and discovered that those people were actually struggling from the same health issues as the rest of the United States. But there was this one small group of people in Rosetto, Pennsylvania. They, there was this outlier group of people. And what was interesting about them is that the majority of them were obese, so they were like, how, why are these people living longer than everybody else, yet they're not really in the best physical shape, but they're not struggling from the same health issues as everybody else? What is it with these group of this group of people? I want to read to you an excerpt from the book because it's really quite fascinating. It says, what Dr. Wolf began to realize was that the secret of Rosetto wasn't diet or ex exercise or genes or location. It had to be Rosetto itself. 
as Wolf and his colleague Broon, he brought in sociologists and anthropologists and psychologists and all these different people to look at the situation because he couldn't figure it out. So as Wolf and his colleague Broon walked around the town, they figured out why. They looked at how the Rosetons visited one another, stopping to chat in Italian on the street or cooking for one another in their backyards. They learned about the extended family clans that underlay the town's social structure. They saw how many homes had three generations living under one roof. Could you imagine? And how much respect grandparents commanded. They went to Mass at Our Lady of Mount Carmel and saw the unifying and calming effect of the church. Amen. Amen. They counted 22 separate civic organizations in a town of just under 2,000 people. They had 22 civic organizations in a town of just under 2,000 people. They picked up on the particular egalitarian ethos of the community, which discouraged the wealthy from flaunting their success and helped the unsuccessful obscure their failures. Uh, Gladwell went on to explain that the only thing that Dr. Wolf and his colleagues could find that was unique about this town was the community. The strength of community they had actually, they believed, increased their physical health. And Dr. Wolf went around the country presenting this research to people. Gladwell went on to write, no one was used to thinking about health in terms of community. Community is not just good for your physical health, I mean, not just good for your mental health and spiritual health, it's also good for our physical health as well. It's beneficial for us to be connected with others, to be connected in community with other people. And I know it's easy to say, oh, I'm just so sick of people. I am tired of people. I work with people. I do this with people. I am just tired of people. Jesus never said he was tired with you. I don't mean to give a Jesus cop out there. I don't mean to give a Jesus juke. But if we are to be like Christ, we have to be loving in community, sacrificially walking with one another. So ask yourself this, pray this prayer, God, what next steps do you want me to take to grow within your church this year? Is it serving, is it giving, or is it community? Maybe it's all three, maybe it's just one, or maybe you're saying, hey, I'm doing great in all of those. Ask God, is there a way I can grow in one of them? Or, or maybe there's somebody that you can begin to mentor somebody you can begin to pour into, somebody that you can begin to say, hey, I want to show you how, how, how to grow in serving. I want to show you how to grow in giving. I want to show you how to grow in community. Who can you begin to disciple and mentor and lead so that we can continue to build up the church of the next generation? How can we continue to grow within the church? Because here's my prayer. Here's my burden. Here's one of the things I think about as the pastor of New Story Church, Colossians 1.28, when Paul writes this to the church at Colossae, he says, we proclaim him, that being Jesus, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may do what? Present every man complete in Christ Jesus. My prayer for you is that New Story Church would not just be a place where you come and you get a shot for your good spiritual fix. My prayer is that you would come to New Story Church and you would grow into what it means to find completeness and satisfaction and wholeness in Christ Jesus. That we would be able to lead a church into completeness in Christ. That's the prayer. That's the desire. That's the goal. Oh, I'm in my new story now. I got Jesus. Yeah, and you're going to move forward in Christ to let him write the story of completeness that only he can write for you. That's my prayer. That's my desire. So grow personally. Grow within the church. And the last one is grow the church. Grow the church. We are not going to be one of these churches who just casually sits around of 
oh, you know, I, I, hope, I hope we grow. I, you know, I hope we meet some new people. I hope somebody hears about us, and then maybe someone will hear about us, and then maybe, you know, somebody will eventually walk in our doors and come along one of these days. No! No! We're not casual about this. Jesus said, go and make disciples. This is what Jesus said to do. We're not just, oh, you know, I just hope somebody eventually, so, so maybe somebody one day will find out about us, and then maybe, you know, we'll just grow. Yeah, that works. That, that, I, I mean, we're not, we're, we're, not, we're not just hanging around doing nothing. We got things to do, people. We got things to do. We got things to do. Look at what was going on in the early church, Acts 2.47, praising God and having favor with all the people. And what happened? What was God doing? And this is my prayer that God would do this in our lives in a New Story Church. And the Lord was doing what? He was adding to their number day by day. Not, oh, every once in a while, maybe some people will jump on with this church thing, you know, uh, you know hey, Jesus died for this, but it's not that serious, you know, we're just going to casually move you along. No, day by day, those who were being saved. Your translation might say, they were adding daily those who were being saved. Daily, day by day. We will not stop. We will not give up. The mission is to move. We're going to keep going forward because in Christ Jesus, there's a message of life and it's life to the full. And we will not stop until as many people as possible hear that message. We're, we're not here to be a holy huddle. You know what people see when they see a huddle? A bunch of rear ends. We're not here to be a holy huddle where we just gather around together and that's what people see when they walk. No, we are here with open arms just as the father had open arms for the prodigal son to run on in and to come home and to have new life. This is not a country club. And we might be new and we might just be, we're not stopping. We're going full speed ahead. We didn't come to Buffalo for no reason. Oh, let's just open a church in Buffalo. That'd be nice, right? No, we're here, to, we're here because we want to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to as many people as possible so they can discover their new story. And if you, wherever you're watching online, we want you to be a part of that as well. Even if you're in some other part of the country, you can be a part of this too and share with people about what it means to find life in Jesus Christ. This message is for everyone. Paul Wright wrote to Timothy that God desires for all men to be saved. And if that's God's desire, then that's our desire. We will not stop. It, we, we, we will not stop. We're going to keep pushing forward into what God has for us. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, I know my slides are going out of order now, so please forgive me, Jamar, but Math, Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not overpower. Just a little piece of good news. Last week, our children's director, Courtney, she came to me and she said, one of our services, she said, Scott, we had 11 kids. If we get a few more, we're going to need more space. That's a good problem to have. I'm glad we have that problem because by building the church, we're not just building an organization. We are filling up heaven. We're filling up heaven. We're working for eternity. And we're not going to stop because the gates of Hades will not prevail against the church. A pandemic's not going to stop us. Division is not going to stop us. You might be looking at a political leader. Maybe, maybe you're a Republican. Maybe you're a Democrat. I'm not, I don't really care where you fall. But you might look at someone and be like, oh, this could stop. No, it's not going to stop us. I don't, I, yeah, that's not going to stop us. The gates of Hades will not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. So whoever it is, and by the way, I'm not trying to imply that some particular leader is the gates of Hades. I'm not implying that at all. 
But what I am saying is that nothing can stop his church. And I'm going to go with that promise. I'm going to go with that guarantee. I'm going to go with what Jesus has to say. Is, I, I love this from Pastor Andy Stanley. He, he always says this. He says, hey, whenever it comes to decisions in my life, I'm going to go with the guy who predicted his death and resurrection and pulled it off. That's the guy that I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with the guy who predicted his death and resurrection and pulled it off. That's what Jesus did. And the guy who predicted his death and resurrection and pulled it off said that the gates of Hades will not prevail against his church. That's a promise. That's a guarantee. And so we are not going to stop building what it is that he died for. We're focused. We're focused. And we want you to be a part of it with us. I'm going to invite the band forward to close us out here in just a minute. But this brings us to our final question. God, what next steps do you want me to take in growing your church? God, what next steps do you want me to take in growing your church? Who do you know? Who do you know that is not connected to a faith community? Who do you know that might be wrestling with their faith? Who do you know that you know that they, that they need to hear the message of Jesus, the life that only he has? Who do you know that needs to hear about that? And how can you be a part of growing the church and bringing the message of Jesus? Whether it's bringing them here on a Sunday morning or inviting them to watch with you online, who do you know? I mean, listen, I'm not going to try to guilt trip anybody of, you know, every conversation you have, you could be missing out. I'm not here to play that game. I'm not here to play that game. But here's a legitimate question that I do have. If you value this enough, if you value this enough, to spend an hour every Sunday, whether you're watching online or in person, to spend an hour every Sunday on what most likely is your day off, to spend an hour every Sunday to come here and to, and to hear what God has to say to you. If you value this enough, if you believe it's that life-changing and transformative, then don't you think it's valuable enough to share with other people? Like, don't you think that what God is doing here is something that's valuable enough for you to share with others? That, that what Christ has for you, he also has for someone else. And that he may have put somebody else in your life on purpose, not by accident, so that you can share with them the message of who Jesus is and bring them into this community so that they can grow into what it means to, to be complete in Christ Jesus, to find the new story that Christ has for them. This isn't just for us. We exist for the world. The church exists for the world. So who do you know? Who do you know that you can invite to, to come to New Story Church? whether that's watching with you online or here in person, we are here to grow with the church unapologetically and we will not stop talking about it because we believe that this life that Christ has, he offers it to everyone. This is my challenge this year. You would grow personally, that you would grow within the church, serving, giving, community, and that you would grow the church. You'd be a part of growing the church. Be a part of God's mission. Be a part of his movement. A life with God is a life of growth. A life with God is a life of growth. Healthy things grow. And the most healthy thing that we could do for our heart, soul, and mind, and with all of our strength, is to get connected to the creator. Healthy things grow. And so when we're connected to the one who does give us our health, who gives us our life, who gives us life to the full, we will grow personally, we will grow within the church, and we will grow the church. We are here to stay, and we're going to keep moving forward, and we hope that you would join us in that. Grow personally, 
grow within the church, grow the church so that we will be a people who are not shaken. If you would please bow your heads and join me in prayer in this moment. Jesus, I thank you that it is in you that we have life. You said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, that we have life in you, that you came for us to give us new life, that we would embrace what it means to know you, Jesus. I pray for everyone in here today that maybe you're speaking to someone to grow personally, maybe you're speaking to someone to grow within the church, maybe you're speaking to grow the church, wherever you're speaking in people's hearts today, Holy Spirit, give us the boldness and the courage to say yes to you and to move forward in that. I pray if there's anyone here today that you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, that you would make that decision today. He went to a cross, paid for our sin, that victory over the grave so that we can live in the victorious life in Christ Jesus. New life that he has for us. Everyone heads down and eyes closed. If you're watching online or here in person today, and you've never given your life to Jesus, I want to invite you to do that today. Just pray this prayer in your heart. You don't have to say it out loud. Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Jesus, I surrender my life to you. If you prayed that and you're online, please go to newstorybuffalo.com. Fill out the Get Connected link, and I want to talk to you. I'll send you an email about what it means to walk with Jesus. Or maybe, maybe you're here in person today and you've never given your life to Christ and you prayed that prayer, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. When everyone's heads down and eyes closed, would you just be bold enough to slip up your hand for a moment? I want to be able to pray for you. Just look around for just a minute. Jesus, we thank you. give us new life and you send us on a mission that you're never done with us and even for those here today who might be in a place of confusion that they'd remember the story of Peter that it is from that place your calling will come that you are working in that time you're working in that space and you're calling us forward in you in your name I pray amen if you were able to please stand and join us as we continue to worship